Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of 6.30 Chet Inside Sports for this smoky Wednesday evening. Yes, the smoke is continuing. It's Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back tomorrow and uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to have Reed back in the big chair. Got a big show planned for tomorrow uh, which includes uh, Randy Spencer, former Edmonton Eskimos defensive tackle as uh, we had Jed Roberts on the show last half hour. That was pretty cool. Uh, he and Jed will be part of an autograph session. Also, the Plue sisters will be in studio. Uh, Darius Bowman from the Montreal Alouettes and Mike Morialli, former Eskimos uh, or former former uh, Cats receiver and Argos receiver, I think, for like a cup of coffee. And then uh, he's also the uh, CEO of the uh, new Canadian Elite Basketball League, which uh, is rather interesting. But this hour, we'll be joined by Jack Michaels of the Oilers Radio Network. Um, and from his vacation in Hawaii, eh, what do you do? <laughs> it's still early enough there. It's like, what? Three o'clock in the afternoon there. It's all good. Uh, he can still go snorkeling or whatever the heck he wants to do there. But uh, the Oilers with a tough blow yesterday. Man, Andre Sekera, who missed pretty much half the season a year ago because of uh, ACL surgery, uh, which uh, that injury occurred in Game 5 of the second round series with the Anaheim Ducks, and came back and uh, was uh, not the same Andre Sekera we're used to uh, watching. And he had a great year in the playoff year and uh, not as good of a year last year, but had a tough time recovering from that knee injury while he tore his Achilles training for the upcoming season, which starts in about a month or so. So what do the Oilers do? You look at the UFA market and you go, wow, that cupboard's bare. (laughs) It really is. Although there are, there are a few intriguing names, you know, Toby Enstrom is one, Johnny Oduya is another, Kevin Bieksa perhaps. Um, But, you probably want to go with someone who can wheel a little bit. Uh, Mike Green is another intriguing uh, option as well. Or do the Oilers just say, heck with it, we're going we're gonna to go within, we're going to go internal, we're going to try and see if Ethan Bear can step up. I don't think Evan Bouchard will be in the, in, in, in the mix, but uh, Gravel is also in the mix, uh, who uh, was signed by the Oilers in the offseason, Keegan Lowe. I, is that a realistic option? I would say it's probably not. And we'll see what Jack Michaels uh, thinks about it. Also want to ask him, can the Oilers really get away with the defense by committee? And that is not having a true puck-moving defenseman. Kind of like what the Vegas Golden Knights uh, employed on their blue line. There was really no one that stood above the rest. We'll see what Jack thinks about that as well. Uh, This half hour. I believe if we have time, but we will do it at some point this hour uh, before the show is done tonight. Uh, We have a four-pack of tickets to give away 
to the es Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes on Saturday. Catch it right here on 6.30 Jet Countdown. The kickoff begins at 5.30. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. And a four-pack of tickets, uh, we will give that away at some point this half hour or basically this hour, but we'll try and do it this half hour. And uh, no Johnny Manziel, but that doesn't matter. Sort of. <laughs> a lot of you wanted to see Manziel. I was looking forward to it, but he's likely not going to play. But uh, the Eskimos need to get off uh, the schneid a little bit because they suffered a, uh, basically stubbed their toe badly in BC last week. Up by 10, they lose that game. Uh, up by 10 at the half, lose that game by a score of 31-23. They fall to 5-3, and three, so the Eskimos have to find a way to get a win. And you got to think with uh, the Alouettes quarterback trouble and Johnny Manziel not playing, uh, maybe the Eskimos uh, have a pretty good chance, but they got to play the game first. So there you go. Uh, let's go to uh, Montreal right now and uh, speak with Joey Alfieri, who covers the Alouettes for TSN 690 in Montreal. Uh, nice to have Joey back on the show. Joey, uh, the Alouettes just keep giving and giving. The Johnny Manziel story keeps giving and giving. It's just, it's, it's amazing what's happening in Montreal. I don't know what you could possibly be referring to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was it was interesting going to practice yesterday because, um, I mean, we, we all saw what happened in Ottawa with Johnny Manziel near the goal line and, you know, Jonathan Rose giving him a good shot. And, uh, I mean, he, he stayed in the game and then, you know, everyone was wondering, you know, with the way he went down and the way he lost the ball, should he have been taken out of the game? And and so there was all these questions, you know, and they got a day off on Sunday, so we weren't able to, you know, weren't able to go to practice or speak to anyone. So uh, when we get in there uh, Tuesday, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't show up, and there's only three quarterbacks on the field, and uh, and everyone's asking themselves what's going on, what's happening, and, and the only thing that uh, the Alouette's PR department was telling us is that he had an appointment, and we weren't sure what it was, if it was medical or non-medical or whatever. And then finally, Mike Sherman came out, said he had to do some blood work for a uh, pre-existing uh, condition. And But, you know, Mike Sherman said, to the best of his knowledge, that Manziel was going to be back at practice today. And today, you know, it didn't show up. He didn't work, uh, he didn't work out. So, uh, and, then, and then they came out with the press release uh, this morning where they just basically said, like, listen, he's got a, you know, he has a problem with... Uh, with uh, the same thing, you know, pre, uh, you know, something that was bothering him before he got to Montreal, pre-existing condition, and there was blood work done. And so, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to try to break this all down. I think it probably has something to do with uh, the bipolar disorder uh, mixed in with a potential concussion, and it just makes for a very, very complicated situation in Montreal right now. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm just going to quickly read the uh, press release here that was sent out. Uh, on Tuesday morning, Johnny Manziel mentioned to our medical staff that he felt symptoms that could be associated with the prescribed medication he uses for a previously diagnosed medical condition, as you were mentioning. Uh, he then mispracticed in order to have some blood work done. In the view of the hit he received on Saturday and the potential mitigation side effects of his prescribed medication, the Alouette's medical staff has placed Manziel under the CFL concussion protocol for further observation and precautionary reasons. Manziel will be closely observed and assessed in the next few days. And, you know, it is possible that, you know, that the medication that he does take um, could affect, uh, you know, could be affecting the hit or, or, or the hit could be affecting that condition and, and the medication could be affecting yeah. the concussion or the possible concussion. What's interesting about 
about this, Joey, is that the league actually cleared the Alouettes and cleared Manziel of uh, mainly the Alouettes of any wrongdoing here. So all this is going to do now, fairly or unfairly, towards the Montreal Alouettes is, is say, hey, were you trying to hide something here? Yeah, well, so basically what Mike Sherman what Mike Sherman said today uh, was that, you know, he after the hit, Manziel ran off the field and he went to see him right away. And he looked at him, spoke to him, and everything was fine. Everything looked fine. And he said that one of the officials had to be next to him when that was being done. The official examined him, and the official said the same thing. The official thought that Manziel was fine. Uh, the only thing that really changed was so, you know, they, he gets hit, they fumble, the, uh, Christian Matt, the offensive lineman, recovers, and the Mike Sherman said was to go for two, but at that time the medical staff said that uh, Manziel was out. So he had to sit out at least three plays. Um, so they end up kicking the single instead of going for two. And, but once that was all said and done, the defense took the field. The offense got the ball back. Everyone thought he was ready to go. He was able to recite the plays. Uh, a lot of the players I spoke to said he was fine uh, in the huddle, uh, commanding you know the huddle and all that stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Uh, whether or not you know the Alouettes were at fault here, it certainly doesn't look like they were. Just because in that moment he was fine, uh, but you know sometimes these concussion things they they flare up a couple of days later. Joey Alfieri from uh, TSN 690 in Montreal joining us here tonight on 6:30. Chad Inside Sports. Uh, so it, it doesn't look like that Johnny Manziel is going to play on Saturday, uh, which is a disappointment I think to a lot of football fans and Eskimo fans that were going to go to 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 the game and watch. And I'm disappointed, you know, because I thought oh great, this is going to be fun to see Manziel versus Riley. Um, but really, more importantly for the Montreal Alouettes, I mean, it looked like that Manziel took some steps forward in the loss against the Ottawa Redblacks, and now, you know, this doesn't leave the Alouettes with some very good options heading into Saturday. No, I mean, absolutely not. And it's frustrating, for, especially for the Alouettes, because, you know, you see the quarterback make so much progress from one week to the next. And I know, that, you know, the stat line might be uh, a little deceptive or whatnot because it was under 200 yards passing, but there were some drops there. Um, and, and so the yardage could have been a lot higher than it actually was. But, you know, I, they're just, they've been searching for their quarterback for so long, Dave, that, you know, once you see a guy make a little bit of progress, then, you know, the injury hits and now um, this bipolar disorder maybe complicates things a little bit so now basically this is what it's going to be Antonio Pipkin who you know was cut after training camp or right before training camp ended you know they pick him up on August 6th they brought him back so he's been gone a couple of months and so he's going to go from his couch to starting for the Montreal Alouettes all in the span of less than two weeks so it's really they're in a really really tough situation this is going to be the fifth different starting quarterback uh, for the Owls this season and the sixth one they've used overall. Uh, so, I mean, obviously the quarterback carousel, it never works in the CFL. And I'd be surprised if it works on Saturday, but I mean, crazier things have happened. It's a crazy league. And uh, who knows? I mean, maybe the Alouettes can shock the world. I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe maybe Antonio Pipkin can give them something. He did have limited reps uh, in the season finale last year against Hamilton. I believe he was two for nine passing in that game and, you know, really looked overwhelmed. He's a young guy, just just turned 23 last month, uh, so still very, very raw. Uh, but I mean, we'll we'll see what he can do in a in a place that's very, very difficult to play in. Well, and it's going to be hard for the Eskimos defensively to get a read on Antonio Pipkin. In fact, uh, Morley Scott and I asked a couple uh, or a few members of the Eskimos defense. Uh, 
you know who Antonio Pipkin is? And we got, um, sorry, who? Uh, you know, so <laughs> the, the book is very thin, almost one page or maybe half a page. But in the limited time that you have seen him operate, uh, what what is the style of, of Antonio Pipkin? Well, he's a big boy. He's got a big arm, nice touch on the deep ball. But I think, you know, going through the progressions and, and reading a defense, I think that's where you're going to see how, just how raw he is. Uh, you know, and I understand that there's no tape on him. They might not necessarily know who he is. I mean, I asked him today, I asked him to take me back to his last start. And uh, that was at Tiffin, believe it or not. And he was like 27 of 29 in his last collegiate start. And uh, he, so he was passing, you know, he was on fire, he threw for five touchdowns. But, I mean, this is a totally different game. And uh, he had some experience at the Senior Bowl, was briefly with the Arizona Cardinals, but couldn't stick there. So, I mean, there's a lot that I don't know on Antonio Pipkin. I just know from what I saw in training camp, especially in the preseason, uh, reading a defense like, for, like it is for a lot of young quarterbacks is going to be a challenge. And uh, I'm sure that the Eskimos are going to mix things up and they're going to make life difficult for Pipkin. But, uh, again, the book is thin on him, and that can be very, very good, or it can be very, very bad because it means that the defense doesn't have much tape to go off, but it also means that he doesn't have much experience. So uh, you can expect a big kid who has a very big arm, but you know, in terms of accuracy, still a work in progress. And in terms of just overall foot pro experience in football, it's, it's limited to non-existent. Troy Alfieri joining us from uh, TSN 690 in Montreal tonight on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Well, Darius Bowman's going to make his return to Edmonton a little bit sooner than we first thought. Uh, he traded from the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers to the uh, Montreal Alouettes a few weeks ago. And uh, I think it was a move that... Uh, didn't surprise maybe a lot of people. Uh, maybe it was surprised that that Bowman was traded and not released. Although essentially, considering the return, he, he probably just essentially was released. But um, he played. He's played one game. Um, it's going to be good to see him back uh, on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday. But um, what kind of impact has Bowman had already? Uh, what's it been like being, uh, you know, in, in the times that you've you've seen him and you know maybe have talked to him in a scrum or whatever? Uh, uh, what, what have you? What 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 did you make of the move originally, and, and how do you see it now? surprised uh, at the move. I mean, the return, like you said, I think it's a conditional eighth-round pick or in, uh, you know, whatever draft uh, coming up. So uh, I was surprised at the return. Obviously, he had struggled. We had seen him when he when they came over, when Winnipeg came over uh, the second week of the season or third week of the season. He didn't really make uh, you know a ton of plays. He wasn't really noticeable. Uh, he's, you know, he's approaching his mid-30s. I believe he's 33. Two years removed from a 1,700-yard season, as you well know, but mm-hmm. you know, just doesn't look just doesn't look like that player anymore uh, got into his first game Saturday was in the building tried to focus on him uh, a little bit I mean I, I think he's a good route runner just the, the hands at times are suspect uh, he had a fumble uh, in the first half that uh, really uh, crushed a bit of the momentum that the, that the Alouettes had going at that point and then in the second half very nearly had another fumble uh, when you know he makes a, he kind of makes a dive to the right to catch the ball near the sideline and his helmet just happened to touch the sideline by a couple of inches uh, but you know he lifts the ball up and the defensive back smacks it out of his hands and you know Ottawa goes the other way it, it ended up being overturned just because he was barely offside uh, or not offside excuse me but out of bounds but it was I was surprised at the brain cramp uh, by a veteran receiver but you know still I think it adds another veteran presence to a team 
that's rolling through quarterbacks, a team that has struggled to move the ball offensively. So when you bring a guy in with that kind of experience and that kind of pedigree, even though he's not the same player, you know, I feel like he's going to be good for the huddle. He's going to be good for the locker room. And, you know, he might be one of those guys that you look to to kind of settle things down if you're in a you know pressure-packed situation and, you know, you have the ball and you're down by a few late in the game. You know, he is a receiver. He has made a lot of big plays before. So, you know, for the price they got him for, I don't think that could hurt, Dave. I, you know, you bring him in. If you don't like him, you can cut him after a couple of days or a couple of weeks, and it's not the end of the world. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, he looked a little rusty. Didn't really look like the Darius Bowman I was used to seeing in the one game I've seen him with with the Alouettes. But that can change, you know, as he gets more comfortable in this offense and with the playbook. I could change, but I'm not anticipating a 1,700-yard receiver or anything like that. No, I think he'll be lucky to get 700 yards this season, to, to yeah. be brutally honest. Uh, well, uh, we'll see what happens when Antonio Pipkin and the Montreal Alouettes uh, invade the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium on Saturday. It sounds weird to say that, Joey, but it is what it is. So, unfortunately, no Johnny football, so we got to see what uh, Antonio Pipkin can do to, to lead this Alouettes, uh, who are 1-7 and seven and trying to turn it around. Going to be a tough task against a snarly Eskimos team. But thank you very much for your time, Joey. We'll see you here on Saturday, okay? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dave. Always good to talk to Joey Alfieri from uh, TSN 690 in Montreal. He'll be doing the color for uh, their broadcast uh, on TSN 690. Love this tweet from Joey before we hit the, uh, hit a break uh, here. Uh, Mike Sherman said that he, his son, and Manziel drove back from Ottawa together after the game. They stopped at a McDonald's. Sherman got a crispy chicken wrap. Manziel got a big back. Of course, Johnny Manziel got a Big Mac. He's Johnny Football, after all. I don't know what that means. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, 721, we'll give away a four-pack of tickets to the Eskimos and the Alouettes on Saturday when we come back. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. 724, let's give away a four-pack of tickets for the Edmonton Eskimos and the Montreal Alouettes on Saturday. 7 o'clock on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Catch the broadcast here on 6.30, Chad, with countdown to kickoff starting at 5.30. Uh, here's the question, and uh, little did you know, maybe you did know. <laughs> I mean, someone who knows is going to win, obviously. But Jason Moss played one season, and actually wasn't a full season with the Montreal Alouettes. I want you to tell me what year that was that Jason Moss played uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. Let's uh, hey, let's just go to the phones right now. Hi, 630 Chad. Hi, was it 2000? It was not 2000. Thank you. It was uh, That was Jason Moss's rookie year with the Edmonton Eskimos. So this was... Uh, a little bit later on. It was after the uh, Grey Cup year in 2005, as a matter of fact. Hi, 630 Chad. Hi. Hi. You know the Can answer? Yeah. Do you know the answer? Uh, was it 2000? 
2004? No, it was not. That was the year he passed for 5,200 yards for the Eskimos, his best season. That's when Ricky Ray was with the New York Jets in the NFL for one season. Hi, 630, Chad. Hey, Dave, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, I'll take a shot here. Yep. 2006. No, no, no. No, it's not. Oh, you're so close. This is painful. Hi, 630, Chad. 2011. No, 2011, he was retired. So (laughs) that would be incorrect. Hi, 630, Chad. Hi, 2007. Correct. That's right. He was traded from the Hamilton Tiger Cats to the Montreal Alouettes. He uh, went 21 of 33 for 220 yards passing and a touchdown. And uh, that is a correct answer. Thanks, Brian. You're off to uh, the game on Saturday. You get a four pack of tickets, all right? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. Jason Moss uh, didn't go so well in Hamilton in 2006, 2007. Went a little better with the Alouettes in 2007, but then uh, he signed back with the Eskimos in 2008 and played his final three CFL seasons with the Green and Gold. Uh, Cassandra Jodouin is ready to go in the 6.30 Ched 24-hour news center. When we come back, we'll switch our focus to hockey. What do the Oilers do without defenseman Andre Sekera, who is out for pretty much the balance of the regular season. If the Oilers make the playoffs, perhaps he's back, but he suffered a torn Achilles while working out and preparing for the season. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins, it is the Wednesday evening edition of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 6.30 Chad. 7.33, final half hour of 6.30, Chad, inside sports for this Wednesday evening. Reed will be back in the big chair tomorrow. Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays in action there in Kansas City, taking on the Royals. Uh, really matchup into, uh, of two not so, uh, not, not, not very good ball, t- ball, uh, ball clubs, but the Jays are better than the Royals, who I think only have, what, 36 wins this year? Uh, Jays are up 6-3. It's in the... Uh, bottom of the fourth inning of play in that game. Uh, One game this afternoon that uh, had some playoff implications uh, was in Chicago. Anthony Rizzo, homer, drove in three runs, stole two bases in his return to the cleanup spot, and the Chicago Cubs restored their three-game lead in the National League Central with an 8-4 win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, There was a signing in the National Hockey League today as the uh, Ducks signed right-winger Andre Kasha to a three-year deal uh, worth $7.8 million. Kasha scoring 20 goals last season, establishing himself as a, a pretty good Good hockey player, pretty good talent when given uh, some playing time. Uh, he's a check forward from, uh, uh, he's 22 years old, added 18 assists, had five game-winning goals, had a plus 18 rating. Uh, so the Ducks' only restricted free agent left is Nick Ritchie. And the Ducks have been busy this offseason. They have uh, signed Adam Henrique, uh, John Gibson, their goaltender, and defenseman Brandon Montour to a significant deal. So that's a... It's a big deal uh, for the Anaheim Ducks, and who knows? Ducks could be a wild card team in the Pacific Division. Um, wild card is they don't finish with a wild card, but they could be a, definitely a team that uh, you know could challenge for the division leader for a playoff spot. You got to think the Flames are better. You got to think the Vegas Golden Knights probably challenge, but is it a division that's set up for the Oilers to kind of sneak in there and make the playoffs? Well, to do it, they're going to have to uh, accomplish that feat without Andre Secker, a defenseman who uh, unfortunately suffered another injury, a very severe injury. And to talk about that, uh, 
uh, from his vacation in Hawaii, and we appreciate Jack Michael spending uh, 10 minutes or so with us. Jack, nice to have you on the show, buddy. I'm doing well. I, uh, you know, I've got I've got work coming up in three or four weeks, so I'm I'm. It's an exciting time of year. I get to take a little vacation, but I also know that hockey's just around the corner. So, uh, and of course, uh, Eskimo stretch drive. So it's it's really a fun time of year, although. It uh, didn't look much fun the other night, uh, Dave, as it looked like a tough second half caught up with Edmonton a bit. It's like, uh, you know, I've been telling people uh, it's like the two teams switch bodies. The, uh, you know, uh, the evasion of the body snatchers because the Eskimos were so good in that first half and so, re- you know, I, I mean, it was the, the third quarter that was terrible and they just were sunk so much in that third quarter they couldn't recover. But, I mean, you, you, you've seen the tough losses in, in the hockey season, but in a football season, man, I mean, that that's something in an 18-game schedule that you do, if you're the Eskimos, you don't you don't want to look back and go, man, we, we were up by ten in that game and we lost it. And that if we would have won it, it could have meant first place or home playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But it's still a long season. Well, so. and for, yeah, and, and for me, I mean, the the real odd thing about it was is in the Mike Riley era, they've been such the opposite. They've been su- such a strong second half team. And I think if you'd level one criticism. At, at at the teams that Riley has kind of quarterbacked over the last three or four years, it it'd probably be you know where where is the where is the resolve in the first twenty minutes? They often put themselves in a hole, and that's why I was so stunned, uh, you know, to see what happened the other day where they got off to such a great start. Because uh, at least in my experience, especially since Riley took over as quarterback, uh, they've been an exceptional team once they get through that first quarter. You may have cracked the code, so let's go back to bad starts and great finishes then. <laughs> Maybe that's what they need to do. I don't know. Cause, uh, you're right. The last couple of games, they've started off great, and then it's been it's been tough. But it's you know so, some teams kind of have an identity, right, where uh, there's notorious slow starters and, and great finishers. And, you know, as long as you're there in the fourth quarter in the third period, that's what matters. And unfortunately for the Eskimos, they weren't there in the fourth quarter. So we'll see what happens. you got to think you got to think Saturday is a very winnable game against the uh, Johnny Manziel-less Montreal Alouettes. Uh, as the Eskimos look to uh, to get back on the schne- or off the schneid here and get to six and three, but man, a guy that I feel so bad for Jack, and that's the main reason why we wanted to talk to you today. Um, I think around three uh, thirty, four o'clock Edmonton time yesterday, the Oilers sent out a tweet saying that defenseman Andre Sekera uh, suffered a torn Achilles during training for the upcoming season and is out indefinitely. And this is a fellow who uh, missed uh, about half the season last year. Came back around Christmas. Because of a torn, uh, a torn ACL occurring in the playoffs against Anaheim, uh, the previous playoff. Uh, if this guy has, uh, you know, didn't have bad luck, he have no luck at all. But but what a terrible blow for him! What a terrible blow for the hockey team. Well, exactly, and and I really think that you know you look at Edmonton's season last year, and at least one of the reasons why the Oilers were unable to make a return trip to the playoffs is they didn't have Sekra in their lineup to start the year. Because I, I really think if they had a healthy Sekra at the beginning of the year, you might have seen Oscar Clefbaum, uh get work done on his shoulder earlier in the season, and he might have been able to you know come back in, in, in the second half. He's, he's such a you know a team player. He wanted to play through it, especially knowing Sekra wouldn't be there. And, and now to have this happen for a second consecutive year, uh, really puts the Oilers in a bind and, and really, you know, calls into question, you know, where Sacra's future is with Edmonton right now because, 
you mentioned a torn ACL, now a torn Achilles. Those are two significant injuries for a guy who's going to be 33 by the time he's ready to come back at 100% from these injuries. So it is significant. He keeps himself in phenomenal shape, and it's a good thing because those are two major injuries. He never was quite all the way back last year from the torn ACL. Uh, people in the know will tell you, especially for a hockey player, it's more of a year and a half before you feel like yourself again. And now with the torn Achilles, he's kind of back to square one. So it puts Edmonton in, in a tough spot, and its depth on the back end will sorely be tested. Yeah, no question. As we're joined by uh, Jack Michaels of the Oilers Radio Network here tonight on 6.30, Chad, Inside Sports. And uh, you, you look at it, at this defense core, and they don't have Darnell Nurse signed, although you got to assume that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Uh, so it, it basically is what's left. Is there is there something of quality out there in the UFA market? And when you look at the UFA market, there's, there's not a lot of available defensemen there that you would call of quality, but there, there might be one or two or three names that the Oilers could look at. But, but is that the route to go? Do you hope that a gravel can step up? Do you hope that Ethan Bear can step up? Uh, I don't know if it's – it might be too early for Evan Bouchard, but um, it's hard to predict right now where the orders will go with this. But, but do you see them maybe trying the UFA market? Well, I think so. I mean, you've got, you know, salary cap room afforded by the fact that Secker is going to be on the LITR. Uh, long-term injured reserve. So there is an option to pick up a guy uh, or make a trade if you can pull something off. I, I don't really know. I mean, even in the UFA market, there's a couple of different ways you could go. You could look for some toughness and a veteran steadying hand like a, a Kevin Bieksa. You could, you know, look for a smooth skating puck mover like a Johnny Oduya who's, who's gotten certainly – uh, you know, a veteran presence and, and a, uh, a couple of times Stanley Cup champion. Or you could go back to what you know uh, inside your room, and that would be uh, Brandon Davidson, the third edition. Uh, they've traded him twice, but that would be a, a guy that I think would be interested in coming back and being in an Oilers sweater. But what are the upgrades? You know, what is the significant upgrade? What could be considered... Uh, you know, a true guy who can slot in and, and you know what you're getting for the next 80 games. That's the decision they're going to have to make. What kind of guy and then what kind of experience are we talking about? I'm not sure they're going to be wholly comfortable with going in with Gravel as your six and Keegan Lowe as your seven or maybe flip those two around uh, for the course of a full season. I also don't know how comfortable they'd be giving, you know, Evan Bouchard a chance to play a full season in the NHL when he's not turning 19 until the third or fourth week of the regular season. Uh, if he shows well in camp, they might give the nine games. If he shows better than that, who knows? Uh, this injury might dictate a situation where they do keep Evan Bouchard on the roster. That's where the extra year that he played with the London Knights could help, Dave. I mean, he's, he does have three years of major junior hockey. It is still a stretch. Uh, you know, and then the other option, which you touched on, would be if Ethan Bear shows he's ready to be an everyday defenseman in the National Hockey League. That, kind of like Bouchard, is a, is a bit of a stretch from my mind, Dave. I think Ethan can do some things offensively at the NHL level already. Uh, he can shoot the puck. He can move it a little bit. I don't know whether he's physically ready to play in his own end 
against a, a demanding Western Conference schedule for a full 82 games yet. I'm not sure he's there yet. So it is, it's a situation that opens up plenty of options. And we haven't even talked about the fact, you know, that w- once again, you're talking about guys like Russell and Matt Benning, guys that maybe you were counting on playing 16, 17 minutes a night, all of a sudden having to play 21 or 22. And Dave, that stretches your hockey club as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Uh, Jack, one more for you. Um, you, you know, the, the the Oiler fan would love to see that offensive defenseman, that puck mover, and, and you mentioned a couple in Baron Bouchard, but you know, it's quite likely they're not ready yet. But when you look at the Oilers a couple years ago, they they did it by committee, made the playoffs, did pretty well, and the Vegas Golden Knights kind of proved that you can do it by committee with their with their defense core. They didn't have really one defenseman above the uh, above the rest. Um, the by committee approach, uh, it, it, it's not maybe the sexy option, but it is an option and it's proven it, it can work. Uh, is that a fair statement? It is. I, I think. You know, if it were me, I'd be more comfortable with bringing in, you know, a guy like Oduya is Oduya or or a Brandon Davidson. I'd be I'd be most inclined to go with. I'm not sure Bieksa can keep up anymore. Um, Johnny Oduya has has some qualities in his game. I, I think he's got some guile. Um, so does Bieksa, for that matter. I, I just, I've always liked Oduya a little bit better as a player. I felt like when he was asked to play huge minutes for that last Chicago Stanley Cup champion, remember when they were down to 4D due to injuries, you know, he was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're in a situation, Dave, where I think no matter what your decor looks like at the start of the year, I think you're going to be asking guys to play more minutes than you had counted on based on the fact Sekro won't be there. I mean, I even think... You know, you're going to say Nurse and Kleppbaum playing huge minutes, more minutes than, you know, I, I think they were even counted on going into this year. And, and those are, you know, arguably your top two guys along with Adam Larson. So uh, if you're going to go with the by committee approach, I'm inclined to go ahead and, and make the safe play and bring in a veteran. I, 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 would, I would really look at doing that. I, I would have a hard time. You know, all of a sudden asking, you know, a Kevin Gravel or a Keegan Lowe to play 18 minutes a night when they've never done it before in the National Hockey League. I, I just don't know uh, whether that's that's a viable option. So uh, I, I see what you're saying, and, and you're right. Vegas did not have that go-to number one, and I think Derek England played more minutes than anyone could have possibly fathomed heading into the campaign. But I also think there were a number of factors that worked with Vegas, and, and they caught the proverbial lightning in a bottle. I don't think you can depend on that if you're Edmonton. All right. Sounds good. Uh, back to your vacation, mister, and uh, thank you for your time. And the orders, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they fill this void in the next few weeks. And, heck, we might not even know until training camp starts or the preseason game. So uh, look forward to that time. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy the rest of the offseason, man, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Jack? Absolutely, Dave. Thanks for having me on. And whatever Edmonton elects to do, I think you and I I can agree on one thing. Cam Talbot needs to show the form he showed two years ago because no matter what the situation is, he's going to be asked to play big minutes early and deliver Edmonton some games that maybe they don't deserve in the first couple months of the year. Talbot's capable of doing it. Now he's got to go do it. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's a good point, Jack, is he – 
now saunters off to his vacation and uh, I hope he has a good one there as he's he'll be back in action in about a month um, yeah the Oilers the goaltending is something that has been a very interesting position to look at in the offseason. Now that the team assigned Miko Koskinen, who they expect, I think, big things from. I mean, a, a big, big body in the cage and someone that I don't think the expectation is he's going to take the job of Cam Talbot, but someone that maybe can challenge Cam Talbot. And we don't know a lot about Miko Koskinen because he was in the, the, the KHL. He's had a cup of coffee in the NHL. Um, had some good results at the World Hockey Championships. But, yeah, the goaltending has to be better than it was last season. The the Oilers has a hockey club, obviously have to be better. But uh, Cam Talbot's going to be relied upon even more because we don't know what this defense core looks like. Uh, Jack brought up some interesting names, uh, Johnny Oduya uh, being one of them, Brandon Davidson being another. But uh, the goaltending definitely has to be a lot better. It is 7.48. Back to uh, wrap up the Wednesday evening edition of Inside Sports in a Moment. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Reed Wilkins back in the big chair tomorrow. Dave Campbell finishing things up here on a Wednesday evening edition of 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. It's a smoky, smoky day. Affected Edmonton Eskimos practice as they had to uh, take it indoors. And uh, Adam Konar has asthma. The Eskimos linebacker who's uh, looking to get back into the lineup on Saturday. And the Eskimos need that, especially for the ratio. And he's a quality player if he can stay healthy coming back from a concussion. But uh, this smoky air has been been hard on a guy like Adam Konar. Oop, just one second here. Helps if I press this button. And then if I press this button, you can hear what he says. Pretty tough breathing out there in the smoke, so to come inside is actually a nice nice break on everyone's lungs, and especially for me. So it looks like the uh, the air quality, actually it's already starting to lower a bit. It's, uh, I believe, at plus 9, and it was 10 plus uh, earlier in the day. So tomorrow is supposed to be a smoky day, but not as smoky, and then by Friday, hopefully, uh, the uh, smoke definitely does move on. But... Um, we did ask the CFL and the Eskimos, uh, so what's the protocol here as far as uh, the game possibly being postponed? That determination will not be made at least until at least 48 hours or inside 48 hours to game time. So we're looking at tomorrow night because, of course, the uh, weather conditions can change. So you can't really make a determination now. So that's when the situation gets monitored even more closely. So that'll start happening uh, tomorrow night. But it looks like the game will be a go for Saturday. It looks like Johnny Manziel will not be in the lineup. Did not practice today, placed under concussion protocol. He was uh, really rocked by a hit while trying to run the ball over the goal line in a 24-17 loss in Ottawa last weekend in his second career CFL start. Uh, he didn't practice yesterday as the Alouettes announced that he was uh, at a medical appointment for a uh, another medical issue and that probably is likely to do with the bipolar disorder, I would imagine. Um, he had to have a blood test, but today um, he was placed back in concussion protocol, so might be that the medication he's using to treat the other condition maybe be, uh, you know, kind of making him feel like he's having concussion symptoms or things like that. It's a little confusing the way the Alouettes are explaining all this stuff. So Antonio Pipkin took first team reps, who was with the team last year, was released earlier this year, then brought back on the practice roster. Now he could be starting. 
<laughs> so who is Antonio Pipkin, we were asking some members of the defense today. What do you know about Antonio Pipkin? Uh, He's the quarterback you're going to probably face on uh, on Saturday with the Owls. I don't think I know anything about that guy. <laughs> That's Mike Moore on the defensive line. Uh, Aaron Grimes says uh, we're going to know about him apparently uh, pretty quickly. I'm not sure what his CFO experience is like, but he's going to see some defenses he's never seen before and um, things like that. So hopefully we can get into his face a little bit and, and the D-line will get off and, and get him off his mark back there in the pocket and uh, never let him get comfortable. So is Saturday a trap game? Uh-uh. That's what Jason Moss says. Uh, we don't concern ourselves with that, that kind of thinking. Uh, we work extremely hard here, depending, no matter who we play. We realize it's professional football, and each week you play against professional athletes who get coached well and play hard. And so that's the least of our worries of where they are in the standings, what type of team they are. We're fo- we are focused on ourselves and getting better um, and just want to play good football week in and week out. So I think when you concern yourself with the way you prepare, you don't worry about the opponent as much. So running back C.J. Gable didn't practice again today. Uh, Shaq Cooper took a lot of the reps. Uh, There's also Jordan Robinson in the mix as well, but uh, um, likely Shaq Cooper gets the call uh, if C.J. Gable can't go and he's missed two days of practice, so it doesn't look like he'll be able to play on Saturday. Arjun Colhoun, defensive back, Canadian corner, has been placed on the six-game injured list, a suspected growing injury. So don't know if it's the full six or not, but uh, he is on the six-game injured list. Riders bringing back receiver Rob Bag after cutting him after training camp. Apparently had an ankle injury, and the riders cut him loose, and apparently there's a dispute with the CFLPA that they cut an injured player instead of just placing him on the six-game injury list and letting him rehab and recover, so that's a little messy, but Rob Bag, a fan favorite, is back. Milos Raonic set up an all-Canadian third-round match at the Western and Southern Open with a straight sets win over a uh, Tunisian opponent. Raonic will now face Denis Shapovalov tomorrow for a spot in the quarterfinals, second time that the two Canadians have met in the third round of a Masters 100 tournament. 6-3 the Jays in front of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Curtis Granderson hit a grand slam, his 11th homer of the season. He cleared waivers, apparently, and that cleared the way for the Jays to trade him, but he's still a Jay uh, right now. Seattle Mariners have placed H. James Paxton on the disabled list with a forearm bruise. He's the Canadian that threw a no-hitter against the Jays earlier this season. The Oil Kings making a hiring as they named Jamie Porter as director of scouting. He spent uh, the t- uh, time as the director of hockey ops of the Swift Current Broncos for two seasons, winning the uh, WHL championship this past season. Reed Wilkins in the big chair tomorrow. Montreal Alouettes and former Eskimos receiver Darius Bowman, one of his guests. Also, former Eskimo defensive lineman Randy Spencer, the Plouffe sisters in town, and Mike Morielli, former CFL player and the CEO of the new Canadian Elite Basketball League, will be Reed's guests. For studio producer Angie Colcott, I'm Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening. Take care. Good night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.